everybody. This is Julia Pastel here with the CT Improv Podcast, and I'm here with Laura Manasowicz, a.k.a. Sassy Manassi. Hi! (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is not our first time recording, (laughs) Laura, because I recorded an awesome interview with Laura about a month ago. And the second she walked out the door, realized that I had never hit record. Um, so I lied to her about that for about a week <laughs> and said, oh, it's awesome. Uh, I'm going to put it up soon. I was so excited. It was. So, I was like, oh, I can't wait. And Julia's like, we have to reschedule. <laughs> um, and that was pretty much it. And Okay, Laura, so... Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from and your amazing childhood. (laughs) Uh, I am from just across the river in lovely East Hartford, Connecticut. I grew up there, moved there at the tender age of 18 months old, and um, lived there until I went to college in far, far away Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh my God. Yep. Is that like an hour away? It's like 40 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, and it was um, wonderful. I went to Western New England College. And then after college, I moved home and lived in Manchester and West Hartford before coming back to East Hartford because I just can't get away. Um, but yeah, my childhood was lovely. <laughs> the, the youngest of two children. <laughs> Um, earlier we were discussing American Girl Dolls. F, yes. And because right now on the internet there's floating around this essay about what the doll that you own says about you. And I just want to say right here now that American Girl Dolls were awesome because they, not only were they cool and expensive and had lots of accessories and everything like that. But there were good stories behind them. There were amazing stories, and I learned a lot about certain periods of American history. I learned a lot about the colonies from Felicity. I learned a lot about child labor laws from Samantha's friend Nellie. Yeah. Nellie was unfortunate. So, why don't you... which, Which doll were you? Well, I had Molly for a number of reasons. First, she had glasses, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. <laughs> she also had braided pigtails, which was awesome. And, I mean, Molly was going through the war. Molly had some rough times. Her father was away, if you remember. Yes. And um, I think my favorite Molly memory was, like, Halloween, when they all got dressed up and they had, like, grass skirts and then it rained and the color from the skirts was all over them, I believe. I could be making that up, but I think it's real. And her mom had to collect something for the war. Effort. They were they collected like metal, I believe. Yeah, they were metal scraps, metal right? Metal scraps, and like the mom had a babysitter for them because she had to work. I think she was a nurse or something, and um, the the babysitter like made turnips, I believe. And Molly couldn't get up from the table until she ate them, and she was like, "These are gross." No. And so, she, <laughs> just like that. So she, uh, this is my version of drunk history. She, uh, um, so the mom comes home from work and Molly's sitting at the table. And the mom has this, like, caring, as only moms can do moment where she puts, like, brown sugar and a little bit of their butter reserve <gasps> into them and heats them up. Oh, my God. And, like, 
Molly eats them and is like, oh, I love you, Mom. It's hard with Dad not here. And it was like, oh, my nine-year-old eyes, they weep. And uh, I just, you know, I thought Molly, Molly was awesome. Whereas my sister had Samantha. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, as did I, watch pretentious, yourself. <laughs> little private school biatch. Molly's putting in an effort. So, yes, yeah, Samantha's uh, stories were like about learning about how poor people were people too. Oh, and today we went horseback riding and ate candy and watched the poor collect scrap. Like, <laughs> yeah. Samantha was not relatable in my childhood anyway. But she had by far the coolest stuff. Yeah. She did. Samantha had like Let's be honest. the big screen abacus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's enough about after my that feelings. little detour. <laughs> um, so, how did you? We should get to the improv with you because oh, yeah. you do a lot of improv. So we got a lot to cover. Sorry. So, how did you get into it? You saw, am I correct, in that the first time you saw improv was a CT show? It was before you were named CT. It was a flying blind class Christmas show, and my sister uh, knew Dan Russell from school, from high school. Oh right. And so she said, "Hey, do you want to come see the show?" And I was like, eh. "And she's like, it's free." I was like, "Yeah, cool, I'll go." And um, you guys all had awful Christmas sweaters. We did. And I was like, wow, this is funny. And they, well, you were playing slideshow and asked for audience volunteers. And I was like, get me up there. So I raised my little hand. And Mr. Matt Neufeld said, you in the sweater or something. And I went up there and Dan was like, oh, hi. And I was like, hey. And so then I played slideshow and was like, yeah. Who was the narrator? This. I think it was Dan. Yeah, that believe, makes sense. I think it was Dan, and um, it was about like the it was like a sporting event. It was like a track and field or something weird was the suggestion. But there's pictures on Facebook to document this. Oh, I remember that game myself. Yeah, I remember my own role in it. Oh, <laughs> cool. Uh, you know, that's the first time that Joe saw us too. I think yeah, I think I remember you saying that the last time we recorded that. <laughs> Yes, Joe Leonardo um, joined a Flying Blind class right after that show as well. And might I add here that the absolute highlight of that show is the Christmas sweater that I bought Greg because it was for, like, it's for, ladies, it's for like, right? big and tall ladies. <laughs> and so it basically came down to his knees. Yeah. And it has a sparkly Westie on skis on it. I mean, what's not to love? And it's really great. So. Do you still have it? Of course we do. Yes. You never know when you need a Westie on skis. Truth. Absolute truth. So, all right. So you saw some improv. Then what saw happened? Saw some improv. Signed up for Flying Blind. Took Flying Blind 2. Started taking classes at uh, Playhouse on Park. I'm attending one-off workshops and stuff. So I did, uh, over the course of, I guess, the next year and a half or so, I took all three uh, improv introduction intermediate and advanced classes at Playhouse mm-hmm. was kind or lucky enough to be asked to join the UCB 101 class that CT brought to Hartford and uh <laughs> you were kind enough to I was kind enough to attend <laughs> um uh no and then just I don't know just kept going kept going and kept seeing your guys' shows and talking to you guys so that when the time came that, that CT was looking for more people, you couldn't help but want me to be in the group. 
and looks I like definitely that remember you. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> uh, no, you auditioned, and we talked about everything, like we would with anyone. Baked Come you, on, baked you cookies, and what <laughs> um, I remember you. Like I have a lot of memories of you before you were in the group. I remember some of those Playhouse shows. shows. I remember some drinky times (laughs) at Zen Bar and other places. And you were definitely, you know, around one of the crew. And that that UCB class was really great. Did you have a good time in that? I really did. And I went into it being really terrified and, like, going in under under the impression of what UCB means. Oh, hang on. UCB is short for Upright Citizens Brigade, the theater, the New York theater founded by Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Ian, Ian and Matt Walsh. Yeah. And uh, Ian Roberts and Matt Ian Walsh. Roberts, that's right. And uh, there's a, U- a New York one and an LA one, and a lot of great comedians have come out of them, so we're pretty into studying there. It's, it's really huge, and it's wonderful. And so when the email came around that UCB 101 was being taught in Hartford. It was huge, and then it was even more huge by the fact that it was, like, an an invitation only Mm -hmm. to the class. You know, it wasn't broadcast to the small but growing Connecticut improv community. It was these are people that we think will benefit from it. So being somebody who at the time was not in a group and was asked to participate was really huge. And, um... So, you know, you go into it thinking, like, holy crap, this is Amy Poehler theater, basically, <laughs> you know, and uh, and so you just go into it going, oh my god, but I'm not a professional, and what if they, blah, 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 blah. but um, our, our teachers were, were really awesome, and it was for, you know, what was it, four, six-hour classes, they went by really fast. Yeah, they sure did. And, I don't know, I still think about stuff that we did in, in that class, and... I'm not as far along in my UCB training as everybody else. I've, I finished 201, but I'm definitely looking forward to keep keep going, keep going through the program. And Yeah, I'm having a good time with it. I mean, I'm almost done with 401, and it's been really good. Yeah. All right, so then you auditioned for CT. What was that like? I did. Um, it, was, it, was, it was really good. Um, I went to, like, a an audition for late kids. I was, like on the end scale of, like, this is the last audition, and I was like, oh, good, I can come to this one. So I went, and, uh... And you were very ill. I was, yeah, I had strep throat. <laughs> sure did. And, uh, and it was good. It was a lot of people that I, I don't think I had really ever played with anybody that came to auditions that, that night, and so I was kind of like, <gasps> who are these people that are improvising that I don't even know? Because at that point, I don't know, from workshops and classes and stuff, I had seen... You kind of, you see the regular faces, and so to be auditioning with a bunch of people you've not seen before, it was like, what is yeah. this? But it was good. It was a fun time. Then I came back much healthier. <laughs> callbacks. <laughs> You're like, we want that sick girl. Like, yeah, gross we're girl. germs in CT. Yeah. You know, I it was nice because we took you and Rob, who we knew, but we also took Graham and Steph, who we didn't know at all. So yeah. that's been a really nice balance for us so you're in ct how are you finding it i'm finding it pretty rad i like it (laughs) rad yeah i say i say rad um it's really fun every every rehearsal is something quite different than the one (laughs) 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 mostly depending on who's at rehearsal that day uh but the, the shows are good um 
So Sam, it's, it's hilarious. We just had our Mother's Day show, and it's totally different when there's children in the audience. Oh, it's definitely. Three o'clock in the afternoon versus Sunday night, and people don't want to let the weekend go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's been. It's got to be interesting and fun because part of the way that we run our rehearsals is that whoever is hosting the upcoming show directs the rehearsal, and everybody has. Everybody who has done that has, like, a completely different style. <laughs> so, I I don't know. I have no question. Just that statement. Just the statement. You know, I, I know when I go from, like, a Greg rehearsal to a summer rehearsal to a Dan rehearsal to a me rehearsal to a John rehearsal, it is just mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that's accurate. So then you also joined the long-form group Mobius. I did. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so Mobius kind of formed, over the summer, I participated in the improvised 80s teen movie. Oh, yes, that was awesome. With a number of Connecticut area improvisers, and we we did basically three nights of improvised John Hughes-style teen movies, but it wasn't a movie, it was a prof. And so out of that came Mobius, which was formed by uh, Matt Sekulo and Kevin McDermott. And it is uh, also Sue Voss, myself, John Perez, Amy Lavornia, and um, Jamie Geit was our uh, last but certainly not least uh, teammate. And so we have been together since around the same time that I joined CT, mm-hmm. the end of the summer, beginning of September. Um We've mostly done cage matches, um, but we've done, you know, one or two other shows. And we've mostly been working on this really great style called uh, Funeral that um, it's kind of like an improvised murder mystery. So we draw cards at the beginning and somebody's the killer, somebody is the deceased, and we have seven days to make a murder happen, um, starting at the funeral and working our way backwards. So we're all forwards, I guess. So... It's a lot of improvising, it's a lot of different styles of improvising, but it's good, it's just your brain is always going different directions, which I think is good, it helps you from falling into a rut. Definitely. Yeah. You guys have a really strong emphasis on character development, yes. which makes sense because you're doing a half hour thing and you are one character the whole time. Right. It's not, um, and I think that we'll be working more on Harold stuff, I think that we've done the funeral enough that... We're going to kind of put it on ice for a while and work on some other styles, but it's totally different in that, you know, the, the three beats, you know, you come back and you can replay characters and stuff, but this is like, it's like watching an improvised CSI, basically, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you said, replay, unless you're a minor character and you come in as somebody else, but most of the time, you are who you are for that entire show. Definitely. definitely. So. It's got to be fun. I want to try it. Do it. I want to do it. I'll do it by myself. Yeah, improvise Julia. <laughs> Who done it? Which side of Julia? Julia did it. <laughs> da, da, da. The end. Okay, so so that is who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. So, Laura, yes. What kind of things do you find funny? Because you clearly have a well-developed sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> you find a lot of things funny. Ah, uh, what do I find funny? I really like embarrassing moments, unless they're my own, in which True. case I don't like them for, like, a week, and then it's funny. Um, Do you I'm, ever feel, okay, 
this is like a writery question of mine. Okay. Sometimes when something really embarrassing or horrible is happening to me, I kind of dig myself out of the hole immediately by being like, this is how I'm going to tell this story. Yes! <laughs> every time, every time there's something awful or embarrassing or ridiculous yeah. happens, it's already, like, it's not even done happening. And yes, it's, that's I'm, what I mean. I'm in my brain about, this is how I'm going to tell this person, this person, this person, what happened. But when I tell this person, I have to make it sound a little different, so I'll tweak it here. But, oh, my God, always in Your my mind starts looking for details to incorporate Ooh. things like that. Like, uh, when we were... Um, Okay, so when we were at Matt Sakulo's party, yes, and the kid with the two broken arms, I was not at Matt oh, Sakulo's right, party, there. so okay. I don't know. So it was at this. Uh, uh, <laughs> hang on a sec. Okay, so um, just really quick, I was at this birthday party of our mutual friend Matt Sakulo's, and it was in the bar of a Ramada. Somewhere mm-hmm. in a strip mall. <laughs> and um, there was this kid with two broken arms who wanted to sing an Eminem song, karaoke. Yes, okay. Or he wanted someone else to. Right, right, right. So I am not ashamed. I know every word to lose yourself. Good. It's a great running song. And so I volunteered to do it with him. And the second that this started to happen, I, I was just like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this for the kid. <laughs> but I'm doing this for the story. But what a Facebook status yeah. this is gonna make. <laughs> it was yes, true. <laughs> but I mean, it's more, it was more than that. So the second I agreed to it, as I was just you know listening to the kid better, I was noticing things about the bar because I was like, I'm incorporating all this. You sure. know, this scene's got to be set. So yeah, so you like embarrassing humor? I do. I do like embarrassing humor. I'm not ashamed to say that I like a good poop joke from time to time. Are you gonna tell us one? I don't really know any. I just like when people talk about it. <laughs> so by joke, you mean conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what I mean. Um, I don't know. Like, super bad humor <laughs> I, I find to be fantastic. Did you like those embarrassing stories in teen? Yes. I, here's the thing. Is that <laughs> I've always, I'm such a critic because I read them. And even reading them as, like, a 14-year-old, I'm like, there's nothing stopping somebody from just making it up and sending it in. Like, how many people's tampon strings hang out? While they're playing chicken in a pool with a boy they have a crush on. Somebody's got to realize this. You only have to read teen once or 300 (laughs) times before you realize, like, you're bad, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You can take preventative measures so that doesn't happen. I... To be honest with you, I can't remember any other stories than tampon strings hanging out. Tampon strings and like, oh my god, I accidentally kicked this boy, like, right in the nuts. Well, (laughs) again, you're bad. Like, (laughs) but now the the Cosmo ones, because I get Cosmo, because I am that girl, and uh, the Cosmo version is like, oh my god, I was having sex with my boyfriend, and like... His parents walked in. Ah, well, don't have sex in your boyfriend's parents' house. That's an <laughs> easy way for that to not happen. Like, yeah, I think they're all not real. Yeah, not to be cynical. There's like a there's like a a, a Cosmo intern that her job is like write fake embarrassing stories. Yeah, and you know what, intern, if you're listening, you should contact us and admit, admit it. 
Admit it. You Admit do it. You do. That's your job. You don't. You get college credit to make up embarrassing stories. <laughs> Celia in Kansas City. So, <laughs> <laughs> Celia, that's good. Is it you? Be honest. <gasps> that would be a great job. I wish. Um, okay. Other influences of yours that we've discussed are Claudia Kishi from the yes. Babysitter's Club and Stacey Carosi. From Save by the Bell. <laughs> Mostly because she got to make out with Zach Morris. Well, wait a minute. A lot of people got to make out with Zach Morris. Yeah, but Kelly Kapowski was like, she was a regular, you know? She was a pushover. She was on the beach and she was sassy. She like was my name. She was really sassy. And she just bossed his little blonde self around. And how could he not fall in love with her? So if you're listening, handsome gent. Who wants a sassy to boss him around? Not in a gross way, though. That came out wrong. We'll, we'll edit that. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> no, I did. I loved Claudia because she always got to wear weird stuff and everybody was envious of her. And it was yes. like, I could never wear a brown shirt made out of cloth <laughs> and earrings. this example is bad <laughs> earrings that were two different shapes but claudia could wear it with an electric blue belt yeah and, and it was cool i sent you that there's a blog called what claudia wore yep. and it just catalogs the description of claudia's outfit claudia's outfits mixed with modern day fashion that scarily match it <laughs> yes. almost exactly yes yes and she Berets. had long black hair and almond shaped eyes and I always remember being like what does that mean and then, like, <laughs> as I got older I was like oh it means she was Asian <laughs> what that means. the best the absolute best thing about babysitters club is <laughs> Jesse because every single one it's like it describes them all and then at the end and Jesse was also like a non-character yeah she like, was a junior babysitter she did nothing and I don't even remember her babysitting any kids no but so she always went to Mallory's house a lot yeah always at some point I would be like and Jesse Jesse was black <laughs> That was Stony it. Brook, Connecticut had never seen a family quite like the Ramses. <laughs> oh my god. I we... wanted to think so badly that I lived near Stony Brook, Connecticut. No. It wasn't real. It's not real. Sorry. Dang. Well. So now I mean, I'm completely pathetic sounding. This is good. <laughs> no, you're not. I mean, it's interesting because you and I have obviously a lot of the same references and experiences growing up and... I've personally been thinking a lot lately about what girl characters really influence me and shape my personality. Sorry, I'm burping because, as in every podcast, we are eating and drinking, and we are drinking Blue Moon Spring Blonde Wheat Ales, and they're delicious. Blonde, like Stacy, the other Stacy from the Babysitter's Club that you wanted to be like. What's your last name? Uh, Oh, shit. Uh, Don Schaefer and Stacy... I, I, I don't know. I don't remember Stacey's last name. We'll have to Google it. Um, I really wanted to be Stacey. I wanted to be Stacey primarily <laughs> because she had diabetes, and that seemed really cool. You wanted to be di- have diabetes. I wanted to be the illiterate Asian girl. <laughs> yes. But you have to ex- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had high hopes. Um, yeah, I think I got mixed up in my brain the um, 
they described how cool Stacy was and they described her diabetes. And I know, I know it's, it's to say, you know, cool kids have flaws and struggles too, but I totally missed that. You were like, Oh God, it's just one more thing that makes her cool. She has to monitor her blood sugar. (laughs) She has to give herself shots. Cool. It's the ultimate diet. (laughs) Oh my God. But yeah, I, you know, we, we think a lot about these girl characters that kind of float through our lives. And I don't know, I think, you know, we're, we're women in comedy now doing, you know, doing Comedic it. Things. And there's, there's a lot of issues and problems with women in comedy. Yeah, I agree. I, I hate hearing crap about, um, you know, improv teams that, oh, they're bad because there's women on them. Or even seeing, like, women get pushed aside when they are on improv teams and like, damn it, we're smart, we're funny, and not to make this like a yes we can moment, but do it. We freaking can, you know? Like there's Yeah. Watch many things on the television these days. Like, hello, God Tina Fey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a name dropper, but I don't know. I think it's silly. I think that we're in a very great role because we are showcasing exactly what we can do. And especially, like, it's very interesting in Mobius because there's three guys and four girls in a seven-person group, which, I don't know, in my experiences, I've never seen. No. You know? And um, and us ladies, we carry it. And it was funny because for a while, we were doing, like, team-building exercises before rehearsals, and we'd often, like, end up just split up into boy-versus-girl games. Mm-hmm. And, like, our team-building exercises were, like, play a round of apples-to-apples or categories or, like, guessing games, basically. And the girls would just win time after time, and the boys would get so mad and come up with reasons why we were cheating. And we're like, no, we're just winning. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But that was a long tangent. But, yeah, no. Girls... Girls in comedy, I say yes. I say yes, too. Yes, we can. You've heard it. You've heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) Women are still funny. We are funny. So, what else? What else is on your mind, Laura? What's new with you? What's going on? What's going on? Well, I told you uh, on my way here, this is just completely comical. This is fresh off of my brain. I stopped to pick up these... Blue Moon seasonal ales that we're, we're drinking. <laughs> and there were two gents that parked right behind me and followed me in. And they are older. We're going to put them in their 50s. And they come in and I'm at the counter. They're like, whoa, you're on a mission. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I got things to do. I'm busy. Because I try not to, you know, get too friendly with locals that you meet at the package store. And uh, guy's like, excuse me, miss, how old are you? It's like, I'm 27. He's like, whoa, wouldn't have thought so. Thought you were like 23. I was like, wow, that's nice. And then his buddy had to one-up him and was like, well, I would have said you were 17. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? You thought I was 17? Just a little underage. <laughs> like, I just looked at him and I was like, well, you two have a great night. Thanks. And was like, people just make me laugh. Like the things that people say. Like I have known all sorts of people who don't have a filter. On mm-hmm. them, like various levels of not having a filter. I wouldn't say your filter has a lot of big holes in it. Mine, <laughs> yeah, I would say this. This interview being one of them, um, <laughs> but I don't know. It just it just kills me what people don't think about, and then they just blurt things out like, "Oh, yeah. hey, random girl, you look like you're 17." Well, 
You look like you're my dad's age, which means we shouldn't be talking. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably both 27. Yeah, probably. Um, Okay, so Laura. Yes. I just remembered how we ended this before. Oh, God. Five random facts about you. it's so hard. I don't want to. I wish we could talk about other stuff still. All right. (laughs) You name the top. No, I don't know them either. (laughs) Five random facts about me. Uh, uh, I'm thinking. Go guide me. Okay. Um, uh, Something you hate to eat. Mushrooms. And I just learned about liking sausage. I I only like it if it doesn't taste like fennel. Like Italian sausage. If it tastes like fennel. But if it doesn't, game on. I thought I hated sausage for many years. This sounds so dirty. (laughs) We'll edit it. (laughs) No, we won't. (laughs) I hate this. Okay, so I hate to eat mushrooms. That's number one. 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 Okay, how about um, a book or movie or something like that that you adore unabashedly? The Goonies. I want to be one so badly. You just want to be in the gang? You don't I, even have like a favorite? Oh, Mouth is my favorite. Okay. I loved Corey Feldman. Loved in past tense. This is weird now. <laughs> okay, uh, if you had a catchphrase, what would it be? Oh... <laughs> It is what it is, probably. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I hate that phrase because, you know what? That phrase doesn't really mean anything. It just means... It means shut up. This is what it is. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with it. Um, Oh, here's a fun fact that I'll come up with on my own. Okay. My very first pet was this awesome cat, and her name was MC Kitty because... And she, Hammer was really cool when we got her. And this is why you don't let your five-year-old name the animal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's number four. Okay. Number five. It's uh, up to you. I just gave us number four. What's something that nobody knows about you? Oh. Give us a secret. That's TMI. Truth or dare? Okay. Truth. <laughs> something that nobody knows. Um. Okay. Okay. Once when I was little... <laughs> uh-huh. I was um like shooed outside to play or something because my parents had friends over and I was like we used to have a gravel driveway and I live on a really busy street and I was like <laughs> head down just chucking rocks into the road like little pieces of gravel like I don't know if I was hitting cars or not but it must have been <laughs> irritating quite a number of drivers and one of them was a police officer and I didn't know it because my head was down and I was just throwing pebbles. And I said, hey, stop throwing those rocks. And I like was terrified that I was going to get arrested at like five years old for throwing rocks <laughs> in the street. And I was like, ah, sorry, <laughs> which is not unlike what I'd probably do today. Only I probably wouldn't throw rocks, probably. And so I just went running in the house. And my parents were like, what? Ah. I was like, well, I have to go upstairs. But I'm like. It's my secret. That feeling of I'm about to get in trouble is it's it is awful, and it is such a childhood feeling. I I was like, oh my god, this cop's gonna pull my driveway and talk to my parents, and like, I think I would have been able to handle that, especially embarrass them in front of their friends. Would have been out of the family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad you're not out of our family. Look how big it is when you laugh. 
I know, I know. We can see the sound meter in my lap. I keep We're saying really it. horrible things. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. It's like a tidal wave on the, uh, on the, I don't even know what to call this. I don't know how I to use know. the software at all. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. All right, Laura, well, thanks for being in CTE and for doing this. Hey, thanks. We're going to do more in the future. And I'll try not to be so embarrassing. Okay, I'll try to record it (laughs) every time. Great. (laughs) Bye. Bye.